Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Animal Files podcast. Thanks for joining us. We got another fun one for you. Last week, we talked about the different types of herding breeds in dogs. And we know there's a lot more dog breeds out there. And we know there's a ton of cat breeds out there. But today, we are going to focus on probably the mysterious of those cats and that are the Siamese and the oriental cat breeds now some of you guys may say "Ooh, those orientals they're ugly they're super cute you just don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) but we all have a soft spot for Siamese because of their beautiful blue eyes Mm. so we're going to talk a little bit about them and give you some background on who they are what they're about and whether you should get one (laughs) So I'm going to pass it over to Miranda and she is going to start this off. Yeah. So you know that there are many different categories of dog breeds. You've got the herding dogs, the sporting dogs, the hunting dogs, like you've got all these different kinds of dogs. And this is probably because they have been domesticated for far longer than cats. With cats, however, there are just four main, less defined categories for cats. And these are the Siamese and Oriental cats, the short hair cats, the long hair cats, and the natural breed cats. But there are some groups that also include hybrid cats as a category as well. This depends on the cat club or organization that is focused on the different breeds of cats. Personally, I don't think hybrid cats should be included in that because They don't belong in our human world, in my opinion. Exactly. But they do have different personality traits that if people are going to insist on bringing hybrid cats into our world, there are a lot of things that people need to know. So uh, maybe on an educational basis, it's good to have them separated. Right. But yeah, hybrid cats should not be in our human world at all. Yes. So today we're going to help you discover more about the Siamese and the Oriental cat breeds. Many of you might find the look of these breeds very appealing. They are quite amazing with their coat colors and their eyes. Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) They're adorable. (laughs) But what do you actually know about their characteristics, their traits, and their needs? Well, we're going to give you a general overview of these areas. And then in the second part, we will focus a little bit more on specific breeds. So when it comes to their personality in general, Siamese and Oriental breeds are often described as highly intelligent, curious, and social cats. They are known for their outgoing and interactive nature. They tend to form strong bonds with their owners, and they also enjoy being involved in their humans' daily activities. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Siamese vocalization. They generally have a distinctive loud and what some might consider to be a melodious voice. (laughs) 
They are not shy about using it to communicate their needs and desires. They have a tendency to be quite talkative and they can engage in conversations with their owners. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Having owned a Siamese cat, the personality and the vocalization, spot on. (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) Now, what about their playfulness? These breeds are typically quite active and playful, even into their adult years. Because of their intelligence, they can really enjoy interactive toys, puzzle feeders, and games that challenge their minds. And when we can provide them with ample opportunities for mental and physical stimulation, this will greatly help to prevent boredom in them. Yeah, that's another trait of Orientals. Because they're highly intelligent, they can get bored very easily. These cats are also known for being fairly affectionate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They tend to enjoy physical contact and being close to their human companions. They may follow you around the house, seek lap time, or even sleep in the bed with you. But caution in this area. This doesn't mean that they are going to necessarily enjoy you picking them up and petting them whenever you feel like it. Physical contact is still going to be typically on their terms rather than yours. Absolutely. I can concur. (laughs) My Spike, who is Siamese, slept on top of me all night long, but didn't really like to be picked up, except for when I was meditating because he wanted to do that with me. (laughs) But that was his terms. Like he would come into me. I would not go and find him. So I never went and found him I always allowed him to come to me because he seemed to appreciate that more it's always on his terms and he did everything on his terms yeah if you want to have a good bond with your cat whether it's the Siamese and oriental type or any type of cat it's important to respect their boundaries just like you don't want to always have somebody touching you or hugging you or being like right in your space you want to be able to invite that in. Mm -hmm. So allow them to invite you in. When it comes to socialization for Siamese and Oriental breeds, it's important for these breeds to have proper socialization and it needs to start happening early and the experience, the exposure needs to be positive. You want to expose them to various people, animals, and environments to help them become well-adjusted cats. They tend to thrive in households that have plenty of social interaction and stimulation. Just a note here. Also, Siamese cats typically like to attach themselves to one particular person in the Mm -hmm. household, which is a really important reason why you want to make sure they are socialized because they will attach themselves to one person. And if they're not well socialized, that'll be the only person that they would be nice to Mm. in a sense Mm. because that's just their personality so socialization is highly important i had several cats which kind of helped socialize my siamese cat but Mm. yeah if you have other animals in your household that's definitely going to help there can be challenges though with cats you know because they're all individuals this is like Mm -hmm. a general consensus about this breed yeah not every household of cats is going to help socialize a Siamese. Yeah. You still have to put the time in. I just had 
really good cats yeah. and they were related in some way, shape or form. So mm-hmm. it was easier for us, mm-hmm. but he's still attached to me more than he did to my husband. So oh, okay. even though he still liked my husband and he wasn't mean or anything like that, it was very pleasant and very loving to both of us. He was my cat, mm. very much my cat. So if you're thinking about the typical Siamese cat, you might be thinking, well, grooming, it should be pretty easy because they typically have short hair. There's not much you have to do with them. Well, maybe with their hair, they don't perhaps need a lot of care, but they still would need regular brushing to just help minimize the shedding. And it also helps to keep their skin in good condition because it gives, it's like a massage for them. And so it stimulates their blood and all that kind of stuff. So it's still recommended to brush them on a regular basis. But grooming doesn't just involve taking care of their hair. It also involves making sure that they have healthy ears, teeth, that their nails are kept trimmed and all that kind of stuff as well. But you could end up finding a long-haired variant like the Balinese or the Oriental long hair. These breeds are going to require more frequent grooming to help prevent matting and tangles. So if you have a cat that has hair that is more fine and silky and is longer, that kind of hair is going to more easily develop mats if it's not brushed on a daily basis. We also can't forget about the Himalayans. Mm. I'm sure they're considered Oriental because obviously Himalayan, but a lot of people only attribute them because they have the same coloring as Siamese. Mm. But Himalayans all have long hair. And then you also have the ragdolls that have long hair. Mm-hmm. So those are some variants that also belong in the Siamese and Oriental breed. So the last thing to know about this breed of cat is their health. And, you know, these are sort of the main concepts. There's going to be probably other aspects to consider, but these are the main concepts to keep in mind when it comes to these breeds. The Siamese and the Oriental breeds are generally considered fairly healthy cats, but they can be prone to certain conditions that can affect their eyes and their their respiratory. So they could have develop a condition like progressive retinal atrophy or PRA, and this can lead to vision loss. They are also susceptible to sometimes developing crossed eyes at some point in their life, and they can develop certain respiratory disorders. However, if you look for a responsible breeder that performs health screenings, then they will be minimizing the risk of these inherited diseases. Yeah. Just a note on that. When I had my Spike, who is the Siamese, he also had kidney failure. That was partly from neglect. But when I was doing research, I did notice that a lot of cat case studies that I was doing when I was trying to find ways to extend the quality of his life Mm. were oriental breeds. So I don't know if that's a thing, but it is definitely something to keep in mind that there Mm. seems to be an uptick of kidney issues with Siamese as they get older. Also, Spike had nystagmus. I think that's what it's called. And that was an eye issue. It wasn't typically PRA, Mm -hmm. but every time he focused his eyes would shake. Mm. So he did not have very good vision and he never had really good vision. So he was actually born with that. Mm. So it wasn't something that created over time. 
Mm-hmm. He always had an eye issue, which is one of the reasons why he was neglected because he wasn't understood. Mm. And so they did not do the things he needed for him to feel secure because he was always on guard because he couldn't see very well. So it's another thing to keep in mind. I think not every blue eyed cat's going to have eye problems, but there's a good percentage of blue eyed cats that have eye problems. So keep that in mind mm-hmm. if you are interested in an oriental or Siamese breed. Mm-hmm going off from the aspect of neglect or lack of understanding. So these Siamese and these Oriental breeds, like the herding dogs that we talked about before, can also develop behavioral challenges if they don't receive the proper care and attention that they need. Yes, I can concur with that too. (laughs) For example, you might find that they develop attention-seeking behavior. This can include excessive meowing, following you around constantly, demanding constant interaction. And this typically will occur if these breeds do not receive enough mental and physical stimulation. So when we neglect their need for companionship and playtime, this can lead to frustration for them and then leading to behavioral issues. They could also develop destructive behavior, but this behavior is not necessarily specific to this breed. This is basically for all cats because all cats need an outlet for their natural behaviors, such as scratching, climbing, and hunting. They need to be provided with appropriate scratching posts, climbing structures, playtime with you, and interactive toys. When we don't allow them to engage in their natural behaviors, then this could result in destructive behaviors such as scratching furniture and carpet or engaging in excessive pouncing and play biting. They could end up developing anxiety and stress-related behaviors. And it's important to note that the Siamese and the Oriental breeds are particularly sensitive and prone to stress. When they get stressed out, this can be caused by things like changes to their routines, to their environments, being left alone for too long, and boredom. So it's important for us to develop an awareness around what stresses your cat out. You might end up noticing them showing behaviors such as excessive grooving, leading to hair loss, skin irritation, or raw and bleeding sores. I had a cat growing up that had that issue and we didn't know what it was. We didn't understand and neither did the vet understand. So the only response was putting her on medication which minimized it, Mm -hmm. but I think ultimately ended up making her sick. I had two cats that did that. They would lick themselves raw. It was allergy to chicken. Mm. I mentioned that several episodes ago. Yeah, it was the allergy to chicken. Once I took the chicken out, they they stopped. That's another thing to just keep in mind because there's a lot of breeds that are sensitive. Mm -hmm. A lot of just individual cats that are sensitive. Mm -hmm. And other behaviors you might notice if they are feeling anxiety or stress is that they might hide a lot more. They might become more aggressive or they might have inappropriate elimination and not using the litter box to find other places to go. That was the problem that Spike had Mm -hmm. because he had those eye issues. He was not comfortable using the litter box in this very busy house because they wouldn't put the litter box in a less busy area. So he found other quiet places to go. They were going to put him to sleep because of this issue. When we brought him back to our house, he never peed anywhere other than the litter box. 
because we made sure that his litter box, because he chose to use his own box kind of tucked away, he always used his litter box. But we had to adjust our behavior. If he was using the litter box, we would not even enter the room where he was. Mm. We let him finish. And I think because we adjusted our own behavior and we recognized why he was eliminating outside of the litter box, we were able to curb that. And not once in the two years that we had him, did he pee outside the litter box, but he peed everywhere in his home, Mm. which was very busy. Lots of birds, lots of dogs, other cats, but it was just one of those things. So if you have a cat that's a Siamese or an Oriental that has eye issues, if you do not address the safety and security that that cat needs to use the litter box, you are going to stress him out or her out. And she or he will be eliminating all over your houses because they're going to find a place where it's quiet. And if you have stuff on the floor, instant litter box in their eyes. And basically all of these behaviors that we're talking about are connected in some way to anxiety and stress. So if you find that your cat is becoming more aggressive, this could be because they didn't receive adequate socialization or stimulation, and this breed may become frustrated and therefore display aggressive behaviors that could include biting or scratching. The last behavior we're going to mention is vocalization issues, because, you know, this breed typically is very vocal and talkative. So you have to find that balance or not balance, but that line to know, okay, is this normal or is this going beyond normal? So you have to learn what is normal for them in the first place. But if you notice that their vocalization has become excessive, persistent, disruptive, then this is something to become concerned about. This again can indicate that there's an underlying issue such as stress, boredom, or even medical problems, and that they might not be receiving the attention and the care that they require. What is the best way to try to avoid having to deal with these behavior challenges or to mitigate them quickly? Well, number one, make sure you provide your Siamese and Oriental breed or any cat breed with a stimulating environment, regular interactive play sessions, plenty of social interaction, and a consistent routine. Ensure that their basic needs are met, which include a balanced diet, fresh water two to three times daily at least, proper litter box maintenance, and regular veterinary care. And like we were mentioning before, proper veterinary care is going to help you notice if your cat is dealing with some of these different things. I honestly don't think that Spike's former family knew he had eye problems. I think they just chalked it up for him being a brat, Mm. which makes me sad for him. 12 years of his life, he had to deal with that type of behavior coming at him. I don't think they realized that he had eye issues. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first things I noticed, but I am an aware and conscious cat owner. I'm kind of a helicopter mom. I wanted to make sure he was super healthy. So I did a lot of inspections and I watched him and I see how he navigated his day So I can make the changes I need to do to give him a good life. I noticed the eye issue because I know what that looks like. I know Mm -hmm. what nystagmus look like. I don't think they knew that. And I mean, yeah, they could have treated him better, but I don't think you can 
fault them for not knowing something they didn't know. Mm -hmm. So regular veterinary care would give you that base. So you knew if your cat was dealing with something different because the vet checks the eyes, they check the ears. There's a lot of recessive genes in the Oriental and Siamese breeds. That's why you see them with two different color eyes sometimes. And there's a, a lot of things that you may have to be more conscious of with these particular breeds. So regular veterinary care is going to help you avoid any behavior issues. You're going to know what the cat is dealing with. So then you'll know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And that's largely a large part of what our show is about is to help you become aware of what to pay attention to or what to think about so that you can make the best choices for your animals. You know, that was a lot of information just about the Oriental and Siamese cat breeds in general. When we come back from our break, we are going to dive in a little bit more into some of these specific breeds. And you're going to find there's some fun ones in there. (laughs) All right, so stick around and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. We hope you've been enjoying season three. It's been a great couple of years so far. Miranda and I just want to take a moment and thank you all for joining us on this journey and listening each and every week. We've got lots planned for you this season, great interviews, great topics, and we're even building you a home on YouTube. If you want to help us out and be the first in line, just head to YouTube, look for the Animal Files podcast and hit that subscribe button. Or you can just head to the website www.theanimalfilespodcast.com. Calm. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back. Thank you for joining the Animal Files podcast. Today we are talking Oriental breeds and Siamese cats. Very fascinating and mysterious cats. And we just had a whole bunch of information for you. And now we're going to break down the breeds. But first, let's kind of do a little bit of rundown. So I'm just going to send it over to you, Miranda. We can get the second half started. Okay. In the cat world, you know, we've in the dog world, we've got all of these different defined breeds, but in the cat world, the breed versions are not so clearly defined and there tends to be some overlap and some disagreement as to whether a particular type of cat is a breed in and of itself, or if it's just a version of another breed. So all of the cats we're talking about in the Siamese and Oriental cat breed category ultimately seem to stem from the original Siamese breed. Which even there, there's questions. Mm -hmm. I've been told, and even in my research, that there is two different types of Siamese, a standard version and a traditional version. Now, I don't know how true that is today. This was way back because Carly, my one cat, Spike's mother, was a Russian blue color, but she was only four and a half pounds. And I had never seen a cat that was that petite. And then when she had her second litter, two of those cats came out Siamese. Mm -hmm. And their father wasn't Siamese. Well, was kind of because she was Carly's son. Long story. He (laughs) grew up faster than I could get him to the vet. But but yeah, so I was wondering why she was so tiny. And I found that there was two different Siamese. We'll see how true, how correct I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Siamese is interesting. It's one of the oldest and the most recognizable cat breed. And people know them for their distinctive coloring, which can include a pale body and darker points on their face, ears, legs, and tail. But according to what you said, Victoria, 
there are actually three types of recognized Siamese breeds. Oh, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> I like that. Siamese cats are awesome. So there's three different kinds that I can choose from. Then there you go. I'm good with that. <laughs> and these, these ones can vary in body type, coat color, and facial features. So you've got your traditional Siamese, which is also known as the Applehead Siamese or Old Style Siamese. <laughs> okay. So this type represents the original form of the breed. They have a rounder head shape and a more moderate body type compared to the modern Siamese. And their coat colors and patterns come in a wide variety. Most people are familiar with the modern Siamese. They have a more elongated and slender body with a triangular head shape, large ears, and striking blue almond-shaped eyes. Their coat is short, close-lying, and typically has a color pattern known as points. So these points are darker on the face, ears, paws, and tail, while the body tends to be lighter in color. But then you've also got the classic Siamese, and this version is kind of a mix between the traditional and the modern in terms of their body type. They have a slightly more moderate body structure than the modern Siamese, but they're not quite as round-headed as the traditional Siamese. Okay, that's interesting. That makes me think that probably Carly was definitely a traditional Siamese and Spike was part traditional Siamese because she did have a rounder face. Mm. She didn't have that angular face and neither did Spike. Mm -hmm. They had an, a nice, pretty, delicate face with very petite body. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a big cat. It wasn't, they were just very petite. Good to know. Thanks for the info. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is if you are looking to get a Siamese cat and bring that type of cat into your family, it's important to know that the terms traditional, modern, and classic are not standardized across all cat registries. And they might vary in usage. So you might find them called something else. Okay. The categorization of Siamese types can also differ based on individual breeder preferences and regional variations as well. Now, I know that you had mentioned about your one cat being very petite and tiny mm -hmm. and feeling like that was a particular type of Siamese breed. Well, I didn't think that until after she had two Siamese kittens. At first, I thought she was just a tiny cat. I was like, oh, maybe there's something more to this. Well, I looked into that to see if there was anything to agree with that idea. Mm -hmm. And the Siamese breed standard does not specify a specific size or wake requirement. Oh. So it's probably more of a just a recessive gene or something like that that came out. It might not be like a continuation that every cat in that line would have that small structure. Well, that's interesting to know. You know, if you have a cat, a domestic short hair, that you don't know where the ancestry comes from, the Siamese gene is a recessive gene in that cat. It's not a very dominant gene if you have a mutt cat you know, a cat that's just made up of a whole bunch of different cats. Mm -hmm. That's why when most people who see these breeds, and this might go to the, what you were saying, that there are a lot of 
different ideas where are they a variant? Are they a traditional breed? Mm -hmm. It could go to that because they might be mixed with something. And then all of a sudden this recessive gene comes out and they try to breed that recessive gene. And so that very well could have been just a recessive gene because Carly didn't have blue eyes. Mm. She was just really, really tiny and really, really petite and had a very interesting look to her. She just looked different. And then when she had two kittens that were Siamese with blue eyes, that was her second litter. And the first litter, there was no Siamese. Mm -hmm. So that would dictate to me that it was definitely a recessive gene Mm -hmm. that she had. What the Siamese breed standard does tend to focus on more is the cat's overall conformation, their head shape, their body type, their coat color, and some other physical characteristics. Okay, good to know. Next up is the Balinese. The Balinese is a long-haired version of the Siamese and color point short hair breeds. They typically have blue almond-shaped eyes and a color-pointed tabby or tortoiseshell coat pattern. Or sometimes they could also have a solid coat color that tends to be longer, silky, and flowing and is known actually for minimal shedding. Now, is this where the Himalayan might fall into? I don't know much about the Himalayan breed. I just know they're smaller breeds. A lot of them have a smooshed face, like a Persian, um, but they have points like a Siamese. So I don't know much about the breed outside of that. The Himalayan didn't seem to come up as one of the Siamese oriental type breeds. Well, that's interesting because they have the right coat color, Mm -hmm. but maybe, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe I should do some research on that. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually like, well, I only went to one particular cat registry and there was very few cat breeds on there i think it was like maybe 45 breeds in total total wow yeah so you know if you went to another type of cat registry maybe there might be a lot more because as i mentioned earlier there's disputes on what breeds are considered true breeds and which ones are just considered versions of another breed. So I don't know, maybe a Himalayan might be considered in a lot of cases, a version of another breed. So maybe it might be considered a version of a Balinese. Maybe the ragdoll. A lot of ragdolls are Siamese, but they have the white nose and the the white paws. So they're not 100% Siamese. You know, it's a mix, but I guess it either hasn't been distinguished as a specific breed or it's Mm -hmm. just a like you said, a variant. Right. Interesting. There are actually two versions of the Balinese cat, and that's probably related to having the different versions of the Siamese cat, (laughs) most likely. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Because it says some Balinese cats will have the apple-shaped head, the others will have the wedge-shaped head. There are a lot of people who consider these cats to be hypoallergenic. Not that they're truly hypoallergenic, But apparently people who do have allergies to these cats, for some reason, tend to have less symptoms than with other cats. I'm not quite sure how that works because allergies are usually created by the dander or the saliva. Dander being either the dried saliva or the dried skin flakes. So the type of hair shouldn't really make a difference, but I'm not quite sure how that works. (laughs) This cat has a tendency to be very playful, active, athletic, social, talkative, quite clever. (laughs) (laughs) And they will often live from 15 to 20 years. That's a long life. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that most of these breeds are going to have the same behavior characteristics like social, 
vocal yeah. active <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> the Balinese roots can be traced to Thailand, which used to be because, you know, they're connected with Siamese, right? Thailand used to be called Siam. So they're not actually named for the island of Bali, which some people might think to be the case. But the interesting thing is that they were actually named for the Balinese dancers. Oh, <laughs> because of the grace of these dancers. I've never watched them. So <laughs> fancy, they got fancy names. So I guess the Balinese tends to be graceful as well. They are generally healthy, but they can have retinal degeneration, crossed eyes, or heart and liver issues. The next oriental cat we're talking about is the oriental shorthair. This breed is usually very sleek and muscular. They have large ears, or to me, it looked like sort of bat-like ears. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they also have the almond-shaped eyes but it can vary in color. So they're not necessarily blue. And sometimes it can have two. <laughs> two different colors, yeah. They have a very distinctive look too because of their bat ears. They almost look like, uh, for all you muggles out there, you probably won't know, but they look like Dobie from Harry Potter. Oh yeah. The big ears. <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> they are. <laughs> their coats can be a solid color, or they could have a tortoiseshell, tabby, or bicolor pattern. They are sometimes referred to as the rainbow or ornamental cat. They're often viewed as hyperallergenic for the same reasons as the Balinese. Mm -hmm. This is a cat that frequently vocally communicates with their people in a variety of ways. Yowls, chirps, trills, meows, and honks. <laughs> <laughs> what is a honk you ask it's like a very abbreviated meow and i was trying to practice it so that i could give an example <laughs> all right come on <laughs> what does it sound like yeah 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 oh yeah it's kind of like that i think all right <laughs> that's cool yeah i can yeah i think i've seen videos with them doing that sound yeah there's videos <laughs> <laughs> they're such cool cats <laughs> oriental short hairs enjoy being the center of attention and they may not take no for an answer when they want that attention <laughs> they tend to be playful inquisitive active athletic and intelligent mm. I have seen some of them with eye issues. So they may carry that eye issue problem because I have seen a lot of Orientals with crossed eyes. Most of the time, they're the lighter color eyes like blue, mm. but I have seen them. So we just talked about the Oriental short hair. Now we're going to talk about the Oriental long hair, which you might be thinking, well, isn't it just the same thing, same type of cat? It's just one has short hair, one has long hair. <laughs> nope. This is one of those cats where there ends up being a lot of debate about because some cat organizations will call them the color point long hair, the Javanese, the Angora, or the Mandarin. Obviously, they all come from the same area. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> some sources will say this breed is a medium to long haired version of either the Oriental short hair or the color point short hair. They have the same build and large ears, but they have a longer flowing coat that can show up as color pointed, solid, tabby, 
tortoiseshell or bicolor. There might be a discrepancy in some of the sources too, because again, being that there is a debate on some of these cats, there might be some that say, oh, these cats don't have large ears. They only have the smaller ears and vice versa. So you might also be talking about recessive genes again. So like the majority of them have a certain way, but then sometimes can have others. So I guess that's where the confusion might come in. Right. And I think because these breeds are not as defined as the dog breeds, it's more difficult for anybody to say, oh, this cat has always has these characteristics. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind because there are also some sources that say their eyes should always be green, but other sources say they can have a variety of colors. From what I could tell, it appeared to be connected with the coat color or the pattern. That makes sense. And so like you were saying, the name for this breed differs depending on what country they are found in. They tend to be very active, playful, extremely affectionate, and intelligent, but they don't tend to vocally communicate as much as the other versions of the cat. They have a tendency to want to be involved in all of your activities, from helping you tie <laughs> your shoes to helping you decide what to take out of your fridge. <laughs> and that's kind of similar to the Oriental short hair. <laughs> so now we do have the color point short hair, even though we just said that the other one was also referred to as the color point long hair. So as you can see, there is a little bit of confusion regarding these breeds. The color point short hair is a Siamese hybrid that has a short, dense coat with pointed coloring, as well as deep, vivid blue, almond-shaped eyes, and a wedge-shaped head. They were developed from mixing the seal point Siamese to the red tabby American short hair. Interesting. <laughs> they are typically social affectionate, playful, talkative, and intelligent. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These color points want to tell you all about their day, and they can enjoy playing games of fetch. They also have a tendency to be particularly sensitive to your moods and will often sit at your side or on your lap and purr words of encouragement when you're having a bad day. The color point short hair love the heat. So if you are in a colder climate, you want to make sure that you can provide them with lots of places where they can seek warmth. So these are the type of cats that you might find under your bed covers or something like that. Or <laughs> always following the sun from window to window to window. <laughs> yeah. Or lying on the heat registers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The last cat we are going to bring to you today is the Havana Brown. The Havana Brown is a rare muscular and medium-sized short hair breed with a rich mahogany or chocolate brown coat and green eyes. They are beautiful. Some people refer to them as the chocolate delights. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yep. This breed originated in England and were developed from mixing the Siamese breed with domestic short-haired black cats. They tend to be affectionate, playful, mischievous, mm -hmm. highly sociable and outgoing, and talkative with an insistence of always getting the last word. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> These cats seem to be carefully inquisitive by investigating things through reaching with their paw to touch and feel what they are curious about. So they don't barge in head first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cautious. Yes. 
They also generally have a sensitive nature and are considered very gentle beings. Yeah, well, that's interesting about the England thing, because you think Havana Brown, you think they're from Cuba mm. or Cuba. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm American. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's either Cuba or Cuba. Anyway, you would think with the name Havana in the only Havana I know of is in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Interesting that an English breeder decided to call them the Havana Brown. Maybe because of the color? I don't know. I don't know. It's just an interesting tidbit of information, but it's kind of cool that they bred it with a black cat. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a few cats for you to consider if you are looking for a specific breed. And again, just a reminder that there tends to be a lot of people in the cat world that have different opinions on what the characteristics of these cats are and whether they're actually a breed or not. So if you are going to do a search, you might have some challenges with that just because of this fact. The Cat Fanciers Association, which is the organization that I was mainly looking at, they recognize the Balinese, the Siamese, the color point short hair, the Havana brown, and the oriental all as one. Like all of the cat breeds that would normally come under the oriental category, they consider that all as one cat breed. Whereas other organizations might have a differentiation between them. They must have their reasons. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the reasons might be. Maybe it's just because it's perhaps taken them so long to maybe focus on specific cat breeds. Maybe. That they haven't created that differentiation that they have with dogs. Or could be that there's so much breeding going on within the feline world that there is a murkiness of what differentiates a breed from another. Mm -hmm. And of course, cats are very independent. So a lot of people let them do whatever they want to do. There's a lot of stray cats. There's a lot of wild cats all around the world. Wild dogs, there's only a few pockets of places where you find wild dogs or stray dogs. But cats are prolific Mm -hmm. and Because people are intrigued by cats so much, there's probably a lot of murkiness within the breeding. So it's harder to distinguish between different breeds. The Siamese and the Oriental, they've been around a really long time. So anything off those two, Mm -hmm. because they look very different. I'm talking about the traditional Siamese and the Oriental. Very, very different. They have different face shapes. So you know they're two specific breeds. But there's so much murkiness between those two breeds and there's all these other breeds that people try to continue the line and try to breed this trait and that trait. And it's just murky. So maybe it's just a way for them to genetically, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know how they work, but I keep saying the word murky. That's the word that keeps coming to my head. (laughs) So it's just probably not as specific because you can see in dogs, they're very specific right every dog breed has a very distinctive look you don't really have that with cats Mm -hmm. it's mostly coloring that distinguishes them and maybe the face shape that's it because Maine Coons I know that's not an oriental breed but they have a really wild cat looking face you can tell that's a Maine Coon 
you can look at an oriental and say that's an oriental but outside of that it's really murky yeah and i think the cat organizations are fairly young in comparison to the dog organizations that could be too so they may not have as a defined requirement for creating breeds and then not having that sort of more stringent guideline yeah then it kind of allows the breeders to sort of do more or what they want creatively if you will <laughs> yeah yeah that's probably it that's probably it i want to add one thing because we're about ready to wrap this up mm -hmm. these cats are beautiful cats they are coveted in a lot of places there are people who just love the breed so much that they will only have this breed but i want you to know that because of all the stuff that we were just talking about about breeders just trying to breed there's a lot of backyard breeding when it comes to siamese and some of these very unique looking cats there's always going to be one of these in a rescue near you they may not stay very long but you don't have to go to a breeder to get a Siamese cat. If you really want one, if you really want the challenge, because we're going to tell you who these cats are really for in a second, make sure you're researching your local shelters, your local rescues. There's probably a Siamese rescue somewhere around you. And there's always going to be a Siamese cat because it is a recessive gene that may end up in your rescue near you. So keep an eye out if you really want these breeds. We don't need to be propagating more and more and more Siamese and Oriental cats around the world because mm. a lot of these breeds, because the way they look, people either love them or they hate them. Mm. And there may be too many on the market. So look, adopt, don't chop. After that little soapbox moment, who are these cats for? <laughs> because they can <laughs> be a challenge. <laughs> oh, they can. And if you've been paying attention to what we were sharing with you throughout this episode, you've probably been able to tell that these cats are best for those who really love to interact with their pets, those who have the time to provide them with the outlets to express their need to be physically and mentally stimulated, those who have plenty of places that they can create for their cats to safely climb to and jump from, and for those who can offer ways for their feline friends to indulge in their inquisitive nature without curiosity killing the cat. I like that. That's a good way to end the show. They are intelligent cats. You need to know what you're going to get yourself into, whether it's health issues, whether it's boredom issues, whether it's stress issues, they do require more time. So hopefully this podcast has given you a lot of things to think about if you were thinking about getting one of these cats or if you were just plain interested in these breeds because they are kind of mysterious. They are beautiful. They are unique in a lot of ways. And yes, they will fill your life with joy, but they are a lot of work. Just know that. So hopefully you took your notes. And if you have any questions, you can just email us at the Animal Files Podcast at gmail.com and we can answer any of the questions you have. Or you can just go straight to our website. And that is the Animal Files Podcast.com. And you can get all the links to all of our socials. So if you choose to contact us through the socials, there you are. We're everywhere. We also have a Patreon. We're going to be building a YouTube channel. 
It's all on the website, plus resources. Can't forget the resources. So if you have any other questions about just pet care in general, that's where you would find that information. Did I cover it all? Yeah, just to add that we are working on adding more to the resources. It's going to be an ongoing process. So keep checking back. You know, if there's something that you would like to see as a resource that you would find to be particularly helpful, let us know. Yeah, and share us out. Let your friends know that we're here. Help us help other animals. <laughs> and with that, we will see you guys all next time on the Animal Files podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.